The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello again, and thank you so much for joining us. And As uh, always, I'd like to reach out to uh, many of you who are listening from around the world. Hello, Japan and China and uh, France and Spain and Germany and Canada Love, love, love that you all are listening in, and I hope that uh, we are inspiring you to empower yourself with the whole focus of connecting through mind, body, and spirit, which means that our platform, of course, is Wellness Interactive. It's the Wellness Lounge, and we believe that we take it a step further. And how do we do that? We're hoping that we have so many amazing uh, guests on that um, you may not, never really get the opportunity to uh, get up close and personal through the show because who knows, they could be living next door to you and you may not know. <laughs> so we like to bring these people to you who are doing amazing work and they are taking it a step further by connecting uh, either one of the, our mind, body, spirit, any one of those uh, uh, components that we think you all need or we all need to um, uh, navigate our whole life experience. So uh, today we have an amazing uh, guest, uh, which I'll introduce in a moment. But before we do that, I'd like to just read a passage, just a little book I carry around with me. And as you all know, I will the book where I'll take a passage and I'll share it with you, and uh, hopefully you're doing the same with uh, some of your uh, uh, friends and family members. This one, uh, it's a little pocketbook I have. It's called God's Wisdom for Your Every Need. And so I love this uh, passage by, uh, well, it's from Proverbs, and it says, Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you, love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. And so I love that. I think it's so empowering and again, that's what we try and focus on, bringing you guests that uh, have um, most of those components of an everyday life wisdom and understanding, and if they don't, they're certainly working on it, so I hope that uh, you're doing the same. So today, we have uh, Rodney J. Reynolds, 
who was born in Cleveland, Ohio. He attended the University of Cincinnati, where he studied graphic design and advertising, which I think is fascinating, too, based on all the amazing work that he's doing. Reynolds undertook his first publishing venture with a national general purpose publication targeted towards African-American men, Spectrum Magazine. In 1992, Reynolds and Corporate Cleveland Magazine developed Minority Business, a quarterly publication where he served as publisher and editor. He went on to publish New Visions and Renaissance Magazine. He actually partnered, which uh, I find just fascinating, partnered uh, with Forbes uh, Magazine or Forbes Communications. That, that was uh, in 1995. Uh, uh, he began publishing American Legacy Magazine along with Forbes. Uh, which centered on African-American history and culture. And in February 2001, RJR Communications, a new millennium studios founded by entertainer Timothy Reed, launched American Legacy Television. And so I can go on and on. It's a whole list. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Rodney also will be able to, of course, make that connection and explain it far better than I. So I'm welcoming right now, Rodney. Thank you so much, Rodney Reynolds, for joining us this morning. Thank you very much for having me. Great, great. Well, I'm just, uh, again, fascinated and excited about all the work uh, you have done and then uh, would love to, of course, um, find out all the new platforms uh, and uh, visions other visions that you have moving forward. So, um, uh, as always, I know our listeners would like to know, uh, and I would love to know how and uh, when did you decide or uh, did you have this vision for wanting to help us all and educate us all on a, a, an African-American uh, historical uh, presence that, uh, or I should say footprints that we have uh, in the United States, and I, I believe around the world. Did that start or begin as a young child? Uh, some, uh, some kids, uh, yeah. Not actually. It, it, it really began uh, um, after uh, I uh, left the University of Cincinnati in 1980 and uh, my background had been, I was always involved in printing uh, and and the production side of, you know, putting uh, documents together. And and, and um, so I was really came up through junior high school and high school working in the print shop at our, at our, in our school and um, was very fond of that particular area. And then in college, I got involved in advertising and marketing and, it wasn't until, um, uh, in terms of African-American history, it wasn't until uh, uh, one of my fraternity brothers um, had majored in African-American uh, studies at the University of Cincinnati. And um, one of the things that we found out, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that we hung, out, hung around, uh, you know, majored in business or finance or marketing and you know we always looked at, at, at this one fraternity brother he majored in african-american history and what i found out was that he was indeed learning about himself and about his ancestors and so when mm-hmm. i was looking to 
expand and go into uh, the publishing arena, I thought that uh, I could do so by developing a product that celebrated African-American history and culture. And so right. And, that kind of led so, me in that direction. Uh, but on that note, though, Rodney, and uh, what I think I'm, I'm hearing is that um, you, of course, um, uh, really embraced uh, uh, a beautiful, uh, absolutely beautiful, you know, platform uh, and, and business uh, uh, uh Model, you know, to move forward with uh, African American uh, legacy and history. But um, you know, I, I'm just wondering, uh, as uh, a young person, when you were, uh, who knows, uh, elementary school? I don't know, as far back, who knows, four or five years old. It could be. Um, I, you know, I, maybe then was there anything that uh, you can think about that would. Uh, really help you to embrace such a very strong platform uh, in your college years? Because sometimes I think that as adults, um, it may be um, uh, very comfortable to step into some of our professional uh, positions because of the fact that we also have legacies that we may not have uh, uh, embraced or studied, or we may have forgotten about. And I think that partly this is why we also need uh, this uh, uh, great uh, work that you're doing. Well, so, I, think was there there anything? Were, mm-hmm. I think there were probably a couple of different events that happened while I was young. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned, I, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I can remember... Uh, when Carl Stokes was running for mayor of Cleveland, Ohio. And wow, yeah. as a child, we were running up and down the street saying, vote for Stokes. Now, <laughs> that was in 1968. I was, I was 10 years old at that particular wow. time. So I think that had yeah. an impact, you know, on me. And then there were some, also some events that took place in that era as well. I mean, you, you certainly, you know, we had the Glenville riots in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, we had the, the Black Panthers at the time. I remember one time they were saying that they were going to, you know, burn down the city of Cleveland and they were going to uh, set on fire the various gas stations in mm. the city of Cleveland. Um, mm. And then certainly, you know, we had Martin Luther King's assassination. And so I right. think, you know, there were a number of different things, you know, that, you know, while I look back at it now, they were certainly important events that, you know, re- remained with me uh, throughout right. all these years. But I've always... So what empowered you as a young person when you you speak about you're running down the streets? Because I, of course, can definitely relate to that saying, hey, you know, vote for... And basically, you're saying vote for a black mayor. We need this. So how did you feel and what do you think empowered... Uh, I mean, because you could have been the kid uh, playing baseball in the backyard. What do you think empowered you at that moment? Uh, well, was, I was it I was the idea that, that he was the black mayor, or you know, I, mm-hmm. I played sports in junior high and in in, in high school, so I was that kid. But I was also enthusiastic about seeing what was being done from a historical standpoint. You know, without mm-hmm. even really knowing it. You know, mm-hmm. knowing that you know not probably not realizing at the time that Carl Stokes, when he was elected, uh, you know, uh, mayor of Cleveland, and he was the first African-American to be elected of a major 
city in the United mm-hmm. States. I don't really mm-hmm. know if I realized that at that particular time, but I know right. that we were enthusiastic and excited about the fact that there was this black man who was running for mayor. And and then, uh, you know, it was someone that we would see on TV, you know, yes. sort of <laughs> guiding us through those difficult times, uh, especially when it came to the Glenville riots uh, mm-hmm. during that time period. Mm-hmm. Great. So when, um, uh, in, in, I have no idea, some of us, uh, I guess, have gone to integrated schools or attended integrated schools, and um, some have always been in predominantly uh, African-American schools or, you know, white schools. Where were you in all of this? Uh, uh, I was in probably totally in uh, a... Um you know, an African American school district. I mean, school. Um, I I really don't remember attending uh, any integrated schools until I went to college, University of Cincinnati. And then it went from being in an all black school environment to being one or two in a classroom. So you know, ah, there was, so there was yeah, a, there was an adjustment yeah. there. So uh, do you think, and I guess I'm also uh, having the conversation about this because, uh, you know, I also reflect on my uh, uh, sort of life experience with the whole integrative model and and uh, also uh, how we uh, receive information. And Sometimes I, I I do think about this, Rodney, like when I was a young kid, I you know, I always tell people I grew up in integrated schools all my life, but what was interesting is they think then that they're uh, predominantly white schools and, you know, we had busing and black kids, we all had to move out to, uh, on the buses, but we also had uh, integrated schools in our local communities and that um, there were five white uh, young kids that attended our schools, the African-American schools. So I knew what it felt like to be the majority, and then we were bussed out. I knew what it felt like to be the minority. And the reason why I bring uh, a lot of this up is because I now have two daughters. They're much older. They're in college. Um, uh, well, one's out of college. One is still in college. And when my young daughter was in second grade, she was in a predominantly uh, white school, and uh, second grade, they're calling me uh, home to say that my husband is coming to present uh, uh, to the, the school, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, and on, on his birthday and his presence and all his, uh, you know, historical writings. And so my second grade child actually put that together, and we knew nothing about it. So where I'm going with this is that you have an amazing uh, educational platform, and that I'm just wondering uh, on all levels that young mind and, and that uh, that child how it presents itself in 2014 in some of these uh, uh, communities that uh, we're sending our kids to school in. And so I, I love uh, for the listeners to really find out more about your passion and why you felt uh, uh, that this is so needed, but reflecting on your youth. And I'm not sure if you have children. How, how does that all play into that young child's mind for you? Well, you know, um, 
I was given a, a, a you know a lot of responsibility from my printing teacher, Mr. Raglan, when I was in high school, and I think Great. that kind of prepared me to um, to do actually what I'm doing today. My passion really came from the fact that I always felt that we as African Americans should have some control or the control over information that's being distributed into our community. And yes. that we should mm-hmm. uh, be able to distribute quality information to our community uh, that inspires, you know, our community, yes. but also educates the entire country. And so, the, the you know, what we do with our American Legacy brand and our the various products, although they are African-American products, they are meant and developed to educate and reach all walks of life because mm-hmm. to sort of bridge that culture gap that exists between the various races. And so we've always looked at what we do with American Legacy is, is creating products that uh, not only educate us but inspires us and inspires America about the, the great contributions, you know, that uh, – we have made to this particular country. But every magazine that I've developed, uh, going back to 1980 uh, when I developed uh, Spectrum Magazine, I did so because I didn't see any magazines on the newsstands at that particular time that reflected black men. So I thought, well, Ah, there needs Mm -hmm. needs to be a magazine that kind of, you know, there was GQ magazine, but it didn't reflect me as a, you know, as a black man. And so... I went about developing uh, uh, Spectrum Magazine. Um, I developed New Visions Magazine because I, I wanted to develop a publication in the greater Cleveland area that talked about, uh, you know, the community itself, not basically from a historical standpoint, but the community itself to kind of uh, mm-hmm. to distribute information about what was going in the various parts of our community. And then uh, Renaissance Magazine, which basically was the sort of blueprint that I used to develop American Legacy. Renaissance really uh, spoke about the uh, historical aspects of Greater Cleveland. And so I kind of used that as the blueprint when it, when I you know, started developing uh, American Legacy Magazine, which, as you mentioned, I launched in... Uh, 1995 uh, in a partnership with Forbes magazine. Wow, that's that's just awesome, awesome. So when you're uh, developing uh, uh, these amazing, uh, I I really don't even want to call them products because I I just think they're so necessary and that uh, uh, I would even just, um, you know, they need to be placed everywhere. And so that said, when you're uh, in development, uh, are you uh, engaging with um, family and friends? Uh, I know, uh, listen, sometimes uh, business, we don't include family and friends, but I do think that uh, when uh, there's a message, uh, a very strong message that's uh, uh, being sent out to our communities, do you engage the communities to find out what the need is? I know, well, obviously, you we know, for see, us, we when you when you you know, of one of the important aspects of our total existence 
is how the magazine was distributed. And and our magazine uh, was distributed. Uh, we printed 500,000. Our, our readership was 2 million. Uh, we had 100,000 paid subscribers, but we distributed the magazine through over to over 1600 African American churches across the country. Awesome. So when you when you look at that particular platform and you look at that particular yeah. method, you're hitting the community right Absolutely. where you know in an an important aspect of the community, the African American church. So yeah. that provided us a laundry list of opportunities to engage the community uh, to do various things with our publication, whether it was special Absolutely. events we were developing, uh, health fairs, financial seminars. We used to conduct those kind of events in churches across America. And the reason and is because just, we, we built those yeah. relationships. We also distributed the magazine through African-American organizations, over 200 African-American organizations, whether it was the NAACP or Urban League or you know, the National Black right. Accountants. Yeah, you know, and you so, know, again, we were hitting the community and, and getting our product directly into the hands of the community. Right, right. And I think it's so, so important. And on that note, we're going to uh, uh, take a break for a moment, and we're speaking with Rodney Reno from RJR Communications. And when uh, we return... Uh, we're going to once again speak with Rodney about uh, this amazing uh, platform uh, in educating us all, especially with uh, African-American legacy. And I uh, can't wait to hear more about what Rodney's uh, vision is also for the future. Um, join us. We'll be back in a moment. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. We're speaking with uh, Rodney Reynolds from RJR Communications. And Rodney uh, was just enlightening us on his uh, uh, great uh, passion and vision for American, African-American legacy. And he's uh, created uh, uh, such an enormous uh, uh, vehicle for us all to navigate um, a great uh, life experience through diversity and education. And I'm just excited to have him here because uh, we have more time to find out uh, what his passion is and, uh, uh, going forward. So, Rodney, uh, thanks again. Uh, I want to talk more also about your, your family and that, uh, uh, and, and listen, you, you don't really have to use names. Some people like to talk about their family, some people don't, but I think you have two sons and well, yeah, I, I, it would I, I, be I'm, interested I'm, in and Alicia may be interested in, in knowing uh, how uh, navigating this whole experience to bring us this uh, enormous platform, how did your uh, family embrace it and how, uh, you know, how, how does your sons, um, you know, create this legacy for themselves? Well, I think that certainly um, the, the, the most important thing is, is that I've had a good life partner or I should say a great life partner in in the form of my, my wife. I mean, we just celebrated yeah. 30 years of marriage last year. And Ooh, so, beautiful. Yeah, Congratulations. <laughs> that's not so, easy, I know. <laughs> so uh, that's, that, number one, that's important. And to be blessed with two children uh, who have found their passion in their various fields. Um, you know, my youngest son uh, is a classical singer, uh, mm. Just graduated uh, last May uh, and got a, gr- um, a graduate degree in arts management. So on the business side of that field, and then my oldest son uh, went to undergrad at uh, Yale, uh, majored in African American studies, and then eventually wow. <laughs> last year um, obtained his um, uh, Master of Divinity uh, from Yale Divinity School. Uh, he also played wow. football there and was involved in a number of different uh, activities while at Yale. So, I mean, they have found their their passions uh, for what they want to do in their life. And I think uh, my wife and I have been a great example for them and uh, yes. and mm. have allowed them to, to, to reach for uh, great things in their lives through the mm-hmm. things that they feel very passionate about. And so... Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly excited and proud of uh, 
over at the oh, wow. and then you know my wife has just recently got her doctorate uh, doctor of divinity uh from New York theological so Beautiful. you know you know she's yeah. doing great things in her field and and mm-hmm. has a great passion for youth advocacy and so you know that all wow. helps to sustain me and and, mm-hmm. and and keeps me working towards the things that I am passionate about, which is, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, providing quality materials, um, you know, that focus on our history and our heritage. And, you know, um, one of the things that I, I really uh, am fortunate, uh, I feel fortunate about is the fact that, you know, the, the whole media industry went through turmoil Beginning in mm-hmm. 2008 and for a couple of years there, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with with the internet coming in and uh, mm-hmm. you know things going digital and the print environment uh, was like you know guiding a plane that had lost its uh, hydraulics, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. all over the place. And so, you know, most print properties, uh, you know, had to restructure, retool. And, you know, certainly we did. We went through uh, a very difficult time period uh, with our with our company. Uh, but fortunately, um, you know, because of the content of our magazine, a publication that focused on African-American history and culture, uh, we were able to, you know, kind of um, um, transition into some other mm-hmm. environments that we could extend our brand into, and most most importantly, you know, uh, developing curriculum based on stories or, or the content that had been in American Legacy magazine. So we started marketing right. uh, curriculum, African American history curriculum, to school districts around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mm-hmm. addition to that, we developed a board game based on our magazine. Mm-hmm. And then the product that I love that we have that really, I think, uh, ex- inspires people from all different ages, from pre-kindergarten all the way up to adults, uh, is our, our mobile truck. Uh, back in 2008, uh, we took a 18-wheel tractor-trailer and, working with a company out of Michigan, converted it into a mobile museum. And since oh. February of 2008, it's been traveling all around the country. We've been wow. as far west as Dallas, uh, as oh. far south as Tampa, uh, we've gone to African American festivals, uh, wow. historical black colleges, <laughs> churches. Uh, we've gone to a lot awesome. of different venues around the country with our truck, and it provides so us to actually take it to the neighborhoods yeah, that sometimes would not that, be able to experience. Awesome. I, I this. love that idea. I think it's, oh, it's again, it's so needed. So, how do you make that transition? Uh, just for our listeners, because uh, they may be in communities, they may be in churches or uh, schools. How do you make that transition from, say, the general public to um, maybe perhaps uh, someone launching your mobile museum at a church uh, function or? Well, I mean, we have function? you know, we there is a, a fee to host a truck, but if you know, absolutely, they can, yeah, we know they can uh-huh. certainly. Contact us at AmericanLegacyMag.com, and there's information about the mobile truck, and they can submit their requests, and we would certainly get back to them and talk to them. But we've gone everywhere. It's just not a, you know, we've gone to school districts that are predominantly white. Uh, we've gone right. we've gone to colleges 
um, mm-hmm. that are predominantly white. We've gone to colleges that are predominantly black. I mean, so do you, it is no, a kind I mean, of vehicle I, I, that yeah, has... I definitely understand that. I get everywhere. that. So when you're there at uh, any one of these platforms, is it... Obviously, it's the same message because the museum is just uh, incredible. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. I think... Uh, I don't know. I love the idea that every culture should be so blessed to have uh, a Rodney J. Reynolds that want to do an amazing uh, mobile museum. But when you're at uh, the different uh, events or the different various platforms, how is the message uh, received, Rodney? Is it received on uh, all uh, the, a number of different levels of perception, or is it pretty much the same? I mean, can people uh, understand this? So if you're in an all-white environment or if you're in a church space, and there's one thing, obviously, to be African-American and uh, embrace this and, and put uh, our arms around it, but if you're really trying to get the message out where others can understand it, is it the same transition into various uh, communities and markets that you would do. Well, I, I, I think from our experience, uh, everywhere we've taken the mobile truck, it has received a fantastic response, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, an African-American venue or a, um, you know, uh, from another culture. I mean, you know, when we have students from various backgrounds come on board the truck, what we try to to um, to get across to the students to whomever comes on board the truck is that you know this, it's not just African American history; it's American history. So mm-hmm. you know it should be you know we don't want to just be relegated to celebrating our history and our heritage during the month of February, which a lot of right. times happens. You know, right. you know, everybody mm-hmm. focuses on black history during February, and then once February 28th rolls around, you know, nobody talks about it or, <laughs> you know, until the next, you know, year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what was important for us, especially when we were publishing the magazine, was that, you know, this magazine was distributed for the entire year, it came out quarterly, and so we weren't just focusing on February to talk about our history. Uh, it was important in May. It was important in July. It was important in September and October, and that's what we try to instill in people that come on board the mobile truck. and And we, what we do is we show them and we provide them the images of uh, our history, just a glimpse of our history mm-hmm. through the pages of American Legacy. So give us an example, uh, Rodney, uh, if we're uh, on the uh, mobile uh, museum. Like on our mobile, mobile truck, museum. we have an African-Americans in Aviation uh, mm, exhibit, which that. includes yeah. information not only on the Tuskegee Airmen, but I always like to point out uh, the fact that one of our covers features uh, Bessie Coleman. Uh, Bessie Coleman mm-hmm. was America's first female uh, aviator, African-American aviator who received her pilot's license, international pilot's license, six months prior to Amelia Earhart. And right. if you okay. fly That's in and out of Chicago, the parkway there is named Bessie Coleman Parkway. And a lot of mm. people in Chicago didn't even know that that parkway was right. named She's after African-American. an African-American woman. And so those wow. are the kinds of things that we 
kind of bring mm-hmm. to the forefront on our mobile truck. We have a sports exhibit, um, and one of the things that I love about what we do is that just recently when we were in um, Buffalo, New York, uh, we were talking with, yes. had an opportunity to talk with a high school student who was not aware of the, of the situation in the photograph with Tommy, uh, Smith and, um, and during the 1968 Olympics. And so we were able to particular photograph and what it meant and why they held their hands up in solidarity. Uh, mm-hmm. in protest of the way that African-American citizens in America were being treated back in the 1960s. And they had the opportunity to protest um, uh, yeah. at the Olympics and with the significance of that photograph. And I had the opportunity and it's so powerful. to talk to it. And it's so powerful. But he had never seen that photograph. And that's wow, we're talking about a high important. school student, you know, in that's, 2014. Yeah. So how important... Is it? So the images well, that we have I, I on board to, our mobile truck are so important. Absolutely. And I have to, I must say, which my husband will probably not agree <laughs> at this moment, but I must say, I mean, that's one of my, my favorite uh, photos. And you're right that a lot of young people may not, you know, have seen it. It's like, well, where does this come from? But it should definitely be everywhere and part of our, our history in a sense. And also, what I find interesting um I, my husband actually went to the Olympics, uh, Rodney, and I'd love to, to kind of talk to you about it later, but uh, he went to the Olympics, and there is a uh, full, uh, two-fold uh, picture of him uh, in Life magazine. <laughs> he went to the Olympics in, in, uh, in Europe, and I look at this, this uh, centerfold, uh, and I'm going, who knew this? Nobody's ever seen before that this African-American male, you know, six foot five is doing the long jump and, and on a two-page spread in the middle of Life magazine. So, you know, of course, Life has amazing photos, but you never really see that particular photo either, and he's African-American. So some of these things um, I just think is so uh, great to kind of do the research and dig it up and uh, really uh, be front and center on your mobile, uh, uh, you know, uh, museum where kids don't have a clue as to how to even begin to look for things. So I think that's what you bring uh, uh, to. Um, well, it's, it's so important also. to be able to take that information to the neighborhoods and areas that normally might not have an opportunity to be exposed to the information. And right, so that was the exactly. reason why we initially even developed that mobile truck exhibit so that we could take it around to the neighborhoods and venues, different venues across the country. And, you know, what I love most is when the young uh, children come on board, and even though they don't may not understand totally, you know, everything that's on there, uh, from being able to read some of the the captions and material that we have, they their light their eyes light up when they see the images, and yeah, I think that's yeah. going to yeah, you know yeah. you, you talk beautiful. about being inspired you know yeah, they get inspired so just by seeing those images that we have on board, and so we're we're really excited. Yeah, I and, do. And, you guys, uh, oh my gosh, you're doing such an amazing job. I hear the music, so we're going to have to break again, and uh, 
We're with Rodney Reynolds from RJR Communications, who is uh, definitely helping us and uh, teaching us, really, on how to preserve our legacy. And I think, of course, uh, pre- pre- preserving your legacy can be also done in every community around the world. And uh, Rodney will talk to us more about that when we return. Thanks for listening. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, thanks again for being with us today. We're speaking with uh, Rodney Reynolds from RJR Communications. And Rodney has been enlightening us on how to preserve our African-American legacy. And, you know, I, I think uh, it's uh, an enormous platform that we should all embrace because he's helping us to teach our young people. Uh, it's part of a curriculum. He's got a mobile museum that travels around the country. But there's also an opportunity, I think, to listen where he may be able to also help you create your own uh, legacy, community legacy, by, of course, signing on uh, to follow him and, you know, engage with his platform. You might uh, become very educated on how to do that. So thanks again for uh, joining in, uh, Rodney. Uh, we were speaking uh, about the mobile, the mobile lounge, and speaking about photographs and things that young people don't really know exist. And of course, I was speaking about uh, my husband. He was back at, he was in Rome. That was so long ago. He was in Rome uh, at the Olympics. And um, uh, young people, uh, I think, with your platform, can uh, also do more research. If they see something, I think your platform helps them to jump into researching 
uh, other uh, historical um, elements of, of our history that they may not have uh, known about. Does that make uh Well, one of the things that, you know, we always like to encourage is that while we may focus on African-American history and, and culture, you know, no matter what background you're from, you should be proud of your history and, and mm-hmm. your heritage. Uh, so if you're, you know, Irish or what have you, because uh, I know today we're celebrating St. Patty's Day, I mean, you should be proud of your history and your heritage, and, and you should be finding ways in your local communities, wherever you live, to connect with that history and heritage and to preserve it, do what you can to preserve it, and pass that information on to, you know, members of your family and friends. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's important how everyone, you know, we feel it's important that everyone can connect with who they are and and preserve that information for generations to come. Uh, we always like to say that we're holding uh, African-American history uh, and heritage in trust for the unborn for those who have yet to be born. So mm-hmm. so when they do come, this history will be there for them, and they'll be able to uh, learn from it and pass it on to their uh, children as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Excellent. So um, the uh, curriculum uh, that can that be downloaded or how do, how well, do yeah, you the curriculum find your can curriculum? Be purchased. Yeah, everything can be... You know, from our board game to our curriculum, um, you know, we have various links on our website. So, again, if, if you know, and, you know, with our mobile truck, just visit AmericanLegacyMag.com. Um, mm-hmm. And and the, the information on the various uh, products uh, that right. we have, um, you know, so are, are available there. You're starting a new, uh, also a new Cable show or cable network? Well, what we're doing is we're actually developing a a digital subscription portal. Uh, One of the things that you know our readers love so much about our magazine is that they love our editorial content, and we get so many requests for back issues of American Legacy digital issues. So we're actually uh, launching a digital. Porter. We're actually out raising capital now uh, to launch this digital portal in February 2015. Um, but it's called American Legacy XL, and that basically means American Legacy Extra Large. So we're just moving away. You know, when we founded the magazine in, in 1995, we were considered cutting edge for preserving African American history and culture. And so just about 20 years later, almost 20 years later, We'll we'll be cutting edge because of the way that we're now um, getting this information or distributing this information out into the community. So, you know, with our digital portal, subscribers to our digital portal will be able to have access to uh, our television programs, uh, African American historical movies, uh, our our American legacies uh, archives. You know, people want back issues. They want to do archival research. Um, and then American Legacy's um, e-newsletter, our monthly e-newsletter. So when someone subscribes to the portal, they'll have access to these four areas in that particular mm-hmm. portal. So we're, we're real excited about 
this, and we like to say with American Legacy XL, it's where African American history lives every day. So <laughs> you will have access to African American history on a daily basis by going mm-hmm. through American Legacy XL. And if you know, if any of your listeners want more information on American Legacy XL or they want to be kept up to date on the launch, they can simply go to AmericanLegacyXL.com and uh, put in their mm-hmm. email address, and we'll send them updates on the launch of American Legacy XL. But we're real excited right. because it puts us in that digital space. And as right. you know, exactly. to reach the young, the young audience and to reach and, – and, and things are just changing. And so this is yeah. our opportunity to, yeah. to, to transition into that environment. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, uh, I love uh, what you just spoke about, things are changing, and you mentioned uh, in the last um, segment that uh, the uh, print media was not necessarily ready uh, uh, when the whole digital <laughs> transformation happened, you know, computers, all of that. And so that said, do you feel uh, that um, your uh, company communications uh, is in line with uh, all of what needs to be done in the future? I mean, I think so, but who am I? <laughs> well, I mean, I way? think we're, we're certainly, with all the, because we're here's certainly what moving I'm, in I'm, that uh, direction. Uh, Rodney, here's what I, I have seen is that, uh, what you when you mentioned that they were not uh, uh, it, they were just to me they were, it was just like a shock present you know just because uh, they were not ready for what uh, uh, was about to happen with all the digital and so on now do you think and feel that uh, the the print media beyond uh, your American legacy platform is in line with uh, what uh, is needed for the future. I think you all are, but uh, how does that uh, play in the, the bigger picture of things? Because you are a media communications company. Well, I think I think companies are moving in that direction. I mean, it, and certainly it, it took us a while to, to get to that particular point um, because, you know, as, as print distributors, I mean, we were certainly sort of locked into – uh, our print products, which you probably, which most publishers were, but I think the ones that kind of transitioned in early enough are on the side of it and having some success with it. But I think it, you know, it, it takes, you know, uh, some re- research. It takes some restructuring uh, to get to that particular point, and and we have to to give ourselves an opportunity to go through the process to 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 reach that particular. Um, point with our individual businesses. And so I think for us, I think we're getting on the side of that digital bubble and and offering opportunities, um, you know, not only from a digital standpoint, but some of our products, people still want, you know, a printed magazine. I mean, that's our audience, our core audience. While they love the fact that we're, you know, moving into the digital space, they, you know, a lot still want that 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 printed magazine. And that's true. Because, that's so real. It's, it's the young people that don't want it. And we, I think it's an we experience. Yeah, we like a print, <laughs> a printed copy. Well, it's an experience that you don't get with a computer. You know. Yeah. You you know, especially when you're you're you know, it's a different experience. And so yeah. it all comes down yeah. to what experience do you want when mm-hmm. you 
want your want your news or want your entertainment. I mean, a lot of a lot of it now is I want to view what I want when I want it. You know, I don't want to yeah. wait for it. I want to get it when I want it, and when I want to look at it when I want it, and that's okay. But some people still want that experience of. You know, with, with thumbing through a magazine or thumbing yeah. through a newspaper. So, so, that's so you that's, just have to find a happy medium, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So with that happy medium uh, in all that you have done uh, thus far, when you are working uh, with uh, educators or um, the educators are, of course, uh, purchasing the product and uh, implementing uh, all of your uh historical teachings in their classroom, do you find that this is uh, something that's uh, easily navigated with uh, teachers? It doesn't matter, black, white, Asian teachers. Is that something that uh, is easily navigated for them when they, if they were to purchase your uh, packet? Well, when, they, a lot of when questions they purchase or... our guide, it kind of walks them through. It gives, it's a, it's a roadmap on, on teaching uh, or introducing certain material into the classroom. So with our curriculum guide, I would say yes, and certainly with our our, our uh, board game. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to have fun. It's for it's something for the entire family. A great way to have fun uh, and be educated and inspired at the same time. Right. And so the I don't teachers. know. How, I don't know how many magazines could actually transition into. You know, product transition into developing a uh, a a board, board game or game developing and, yeah. a curriculum whole package, based yeah. on content. <laughs> so that's why I say that we were certainly blessed and excited about the opportunity to move our business and and our brand into that other area there. And certainly now with the development of American Legacy XL. Um, that's going to provide us an opportunity to reach an even wider audience because it's all really a digital kind of um, portal. Excellent, excellent. And so, of course, your uh, social media—you have all your Facebook, Twitter—you you all have that uh, platform. Yeah. Uh, what, what type of conversations are uh, you having? Uh, even though it's only a few characters on Twitter, what type of messages are you using when you well, use Well, when we networking? use Twitter now, we basically use it to promote the various events that we're doing throughout the year, whether it's our mobile truck appearing at a certain location. Um, you know, we kind of use it from that particular standpoint. In addition to that, sort of like what we do with uh, – Facebook. We use Facebook and Twitter uh, more than anything right now. Uh, we haven't used Instagram that much, but we do utilize Facebook and Twitter. And really, it's to, con- to continue to get the message out about how important it is to know your history and to try to draw people to the various events that we're participating in, uh, whether it's at a school or at uh, a historical black college. Uh, wherever mm-hmm. our mobile truck is, we try to get that information okay. out uh, as well so that people in those local areas can come out and enjoy oh, the experience of okay. being on the mobile truck. Fascinating, fascinating. So we've been speaking with uh, 
Robert J. Reynolds Communication, and I'm promoting that now because I just learned so much uh, here from Rodney that he has uh, many platforms for, for us all to be engaged with African-American legacy, but also uh, you don't have to be African-American to be uh, receptive to this uh, enormous platform that can help communities around the world, but can help communities right here in the United States. He has done uh, a tremendous uh, job with uh, uh, putting uh, so much together and bundling it to empower us and inspire us to move forward with diversity. So uh, I hope you enjoyed our show today. Rodney, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Well, and, thank you uh, for having me. Can't wait to thank you. You're welcome. Can't wait to get on that mobile museum, uh, which is traveling all over the country, by the way. And as he mentioned, you can certainly go online to uh, book the uh, mobile museum that uh, his uh, company, RJR Communications, uh, now uh, is presenting. So thanks again, Rodney, and thanks for listening. And I will uh, hope to tune in with you again uh, next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.